Well, welcome to another episode of our podcast, Indiana is Ag plus Bio plus Science. It's presented by Agrinovis Indiana and Inside Indiana Business. I'm Gary Dick, the host of Inside Indiana Business, also the host of this weekly podcast, where we have in-depth conversations with the leaders, innovators, and entrepreneurs in Indiana's ag bioscience sector, that sector where food, agriculture, science, and technology all converge. This week, excited to sit down with Mitch Teinstra, a Purdue professor of plant breeding and genetics, Wickersham Chair of Excellence in Agricultural Research, and co-founder for Griffin. Mitch, welcome. You're a busy guy. Thanks. Thanks for having <laughs> great, me. Great to have you on the podcast. Um, and, and I think your your background and what you are doing now is is so uh, reflective of some of the excitement and the momentum around the ag biosciences in Indiana and why so many people are, are excited uh, about the future. Tell us a little bit about your background. As I understand it, you grew up in Michigan, right? So you're, uh, you're a Michigan native. I'm a Michigan native. I grew up in uh, a business, a greenhouse business in horticulture. My family was involved in flower and vegetable production. Uh, after I moved on to my own professional career, they're currently busy with uh, organic herbs. So mm. they're heavily involved in organic herb production. So the, the, the entrepreneurial business type background kind of came naturally for you. I, I love plants, and so I knew my whole life that I, I was intending to have a career in plants. And when I went to Purdue, I actually started off in the horticulture department with a master's degree mm -hmm. and thinking that I was going to become involved in production horticulture in some mm -hmm. way. And I had the, the good fortune to be mentored by faculty members in horticulture and in the Department of Agronomy uh, to really become more involved in research mm -hmm. and in teaching and training the next generation of, of scientists mm -hmm. to go out and solve uh, important grand challenges in agriculture. Tell me a little bit about your uh, educational background and then how ultimately you uh, arrived at Purdue. So my, my undergraduate degree is in biology. Mm -hmm. So I have a degree in, uh, out of a liberal arts college in Grand Rapids, Michigan called Calvin College. Mm -hmm. And most of my colleagues were pre-med students. As I said, I, I went to Purdue in horticulture thinking I would become involved in some sort of uh, production horticulture activity business. Uh, and shortly after arriving, uh, actually even before I accepted uh, my position as a grad student at Purdue, I uh, interviewed with several faculty members and, and, and was already being exposed to new ideas and new ways of thinking about global agriculture and the impact that uh, that one can have by being involved in research and education in that space. Well, what, what, as you talk to faculty members, as you reflect back on those conversations, uh, did you have a certain feeling about Purdue and kind of the vision at Purdue and what was going on at the university? Um, several of my mentors in my undergraduate degree said, if you're, if you're looking around, you know, we have some good, this is in West Michigan, and so we have some good uh, schools in the state. If you're going to look outside of the state of, of Michigan, you definitely want to look at Purdue. Purdue is a, a global leader in, in agriculture, and uh, they've got a number of programs where, where they are active in addressing global challenges and uh, encouraged me to come down to an interview at Purdue. It had turned out that when I, when I came down to Purdue, it was during one of these major ice storms in the early 90s. <laughs> and I remember clearly that I was engaged with these faculty members that had kids in their office because all the power in the city was out. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. But it was, a, it, was a, it was really an eye-opening experience getting a chance to meet with uh, global leaders across the campus. Several years ago, President Daniels uh, solicited these uh, 
you know, kind of big vision, big investment proposals from faculty and schools across the campus, uh, really trying to, to identify some game-changing initiatives for the university, its research, its students. You were a key contributor to a proposal from the College of Ag to make uh, new significant avan- advancements in the plant sciences as part of this uh, Purdue Moves program. In the end, the proposal was uh, just one of two selected for university investment. Tell us what this has allowed Purdue to achieve or accomplish in the, in the field. So when Mitch Daniels put out that call for big new ideas, he wasn't looking to fund a new project that maybe hadn't been done before. He was he was looking for an opportunity to invest in research excellence that uh, traditionally strong programs, and if we put new money in, what could we do different or what kind of new impact might we have? And so Purdue... Uh, for decades has been very, very strong in plant science. Uh, there are a number of examples of, of impacts that have, um, of impactful programs. Uh, in particular, um, the uh, universities had three different laureates in the, in the World Food Prize, just as one example of the many things that, that have been touted as highly impactful programs at Purdue. And so as we were brainstorming at the college about what kind of new ideas uh, might we put forward as potentially game-changing, changing changing the the landscape of plant science at Purdue, we uh, were envisioning a a program that really looked to invest in fundamental plant biology. How do we leverage the successes of the past moving forward? Uh, Leveraging a new technology called phenomics. How do we invest in phenomics and phenomics infrastructure? And we can talk a little bit more about what that means, about trying to understand plant traits in new ways. And uh, the interesting twist of all of this was that there was another major leg of, of of that innovation, which was around how do we... How do we uh, package all of this inside of entrepreneurship? How do we start training our faculty and our students to become entrepreneurs uh, and supporting their activities? Because it's entrepreneurship varies. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the motivation to become involved varies among students and faculty members, and there are some that are very interested. And in most institutions, there's not a lot of support um, mm-hmm. in terms of uh, faculty members or students might go to school for 20 or 25 years and not ever take a business course uh, but at, uh, there's sometimes an expectation of these these scientists can go out and develop new businesses, and that's not always uh, a, an easy thing to do when that's not your uh, in the middle of your your research space. Does would we talk about the environment at Purdue for making that happen? That support does it exist at Purdue? It's unlike any place I've ever been in terms of the amount of support that you that can be provided from the foundry, which was. Um, designed to support new business activity, designed to support entrepreneurship, and not just faculty members. It's actually, uh, uh, there are programs in place to support students that have an idea or have ideas uh, around how do we develop, how do we take technology that they have developed and push that forward in in developing new businesses. And um, the degree of support that exists at Purdue is is remarkable. Uh, Purdue just received a significant federal grant from the uh, U.S. Department of Energy and the startup you have co-founded, Griffin, will be a beneficiary of, uh, of those funds uh, as well. Griffin involves a technology you've developed with professors uh, with backgrounds in aeronautics, biology, plant sciences, ag and biological engineering, civil engineering, electrical and computer uh, engineering. So a lot of different uh, disciplines involved there. Uh, that truly is ag plus bio plus science. Give us a thumbnail sketch 
of Griffin, the technology, and what you think is the potential there? So one of the major, um, a major focus of the of the Purdue moves in plant science was how do we how do we advance this this science of understanding how understanding plant traits. So. I'm a plant breeder. I'm used to working in the field, walking rows, uh, using computers to collect data, um, recording information by by eye, or using uh, various kinds of instruments to collect data. The challenge is that in today's world, we're in the 21st century where um, we have, in the last two decades, uh, We've observed or we've lived through an, an era of genomics research, of understanding DNA and how DNA sequences and genes and genomics contributes to variability in, in among organisms. And in particular, in, in our, our area of interest, it would be among crop plants, for example. And so today, for a few hundred dollars, I can sequence an entire genome and understand all uh, the genes that a particular individual might have and even predict what kind of performance that individual might have based on the genetic information that exists there. One of the major challenges is that for a few hundred dollars, I can understand everything about the genome, but it's very challenging to collect similar quantities of information about the phenome, the phenotypes, the traits, Mm -hmm. the characteristics of those plants. And a lot of that was because it's all manual. It required a trained, highly trained individual to work in the field to collect information using different kinds of computational devices, computers, and data collecting uh, instruments. And so, really, what in the in the Purdue Moves initiative, what we were focusing on is how do we how do we advance multidisciplinary research activities so that we're able to use the um, some are, so we're able to focus on a traditional strength of Purdue, which is plant science, and then bring in our partners from across campus in mm-hmm. the polytechnic and in, in engineering and in science to develop new kinds of, of um, we'll call them remote sensing platforms for collecting data mm-hmm. so that we can use computer science and computer vision to describe, to, to characterize and describe plants. Mm-hmm. And so uh, three or four years ago, we actually received our first grant from the DOE, from the ARPA-E program. This is the Advanced Research Projects uh, Agency program to develop these ground-based and UAV or drone-based platforms for collecting these kinds of data. Over the last three years, we've really made some tremendous um breakthroughs and understanding how this can be done more efficiently. And again, this can't be done or this wouldn't have been done in the absence of this this uh, multidisciplinary research team uh, that it, that we've been able to develop at Purdue. Again, leveraging the the uh, infrastructure uh, that was uh, developed in the in the Purdue Moves program, and we developed some intellectual property around how do you collect and process remote sensing data and then use that to describe the plants growing in these mm-hmm. fields. And so in, an, in, in, a, in a sort of in, a, in layman's terms, it, it involves growing plants in farmer fields or in research fields, flying drones over the field or, or mm-hmm. uh, using tractors with remote sensing instruments mounted on them, collecting that data, and then not, ma- not processing it in a manual form, in a manual fashion, but processing it using uh, next generation remote sen- uh remote sensing technology in terms of data uh, data collection. And yeah. so this becomes an automated sense. What do you see as the potential for, for Griffin and uh, the, the outlook uh, for, the, for the company? So one of the, this is, phenomics is a, an emergent field. It's really 
uh, probably uh, less than 10 years old. And so many of the scientific um, breakthroughs that are enabling phenomics have just, they've only occurred very recently. Uh, in many cases, these are, these are breakthroughs that aren't possible for any in single or individual invest uh, investigator because um, they re require lots of different techn mm -hmm. technological expertise. And so the, the breakthroughs that, that we've seen in the last few years, I think, are going to enable a new revolution in plant science by enabling us to really have genomic information on one hand i.e. sequence the genomes of crop plants to understand their genes. And then on the other hand, they have a, have a large amount of uh, phenotypic or plant, uh, uh, a database of phenotypic information for these, these mm -hmm. same crop plants. Being both a professor and an entrepreneur, uh, how do you find uh, those, those two, two roles uh, challenging, complementary? How, how, how do you view being both a, a professor and, uh, again, an entrepreneur? So for me, I'm a, one of my roles is I, I live and I work at a land-grant university. Extension and outreach are one of the key, one of the, we do research, we do teaching, and we do, and we do extension. And I view entrepreneurship and my interest in pursuing entrepreneurship as really part of my outreach uh, program and my extension. Uh, I put my extension hat on when I'm an, an entrepreneur because my goal is uh, how do we take Purdue-developed intellectual property and then package it in a way that enables it to be commercially successful. Mm -hmm. It's actually very, very difficult. I think an entrepreneur is someone who wakes up in the morning thinking about how do I, how do I, what new things do I need to do in my company to make this company successful. They work at it all day until their last minute before they go to sleep. They're still thinking about this mm -hmm. new business, and, the, and it's those kinds of folks that really are uh, needed to 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 drive success of, of these new companies. For me, I'm, I teach, I do research, I travel internationally, I have research in South Asia and West Africa and across the United States. It's hard for me to carve out enough minutes to, to be, I think, a really a true entrepreneur. But a lot of what I do is, is try to package the intellectual property, work with my collaborators, again, these multidisciplinary research mm -hmm. uh, groups on campus, and, and then uh, develop an entrepreneurship team in, in collaboration with the Foundry at Purdue, this group that supports small business uh, startups, uh, and then launch these new businesses with uh, this Purdue IP. Fascinating story and uh, a great example of momentum in the ag bioscience space. Uh, Mitch Teinstra is a Purdue professor of plant breeding and genetics, the Wickersham Chair of Excellence in Agricultural Research and co-founder uh, of Griffin. Mitch, thanks for joining us this week on the podcast. Thank you very much. All right. And thank you for joining us on this latest edition of the Ag Plus Bio Plus Science podcast. It's a weekly production partnership between Agrinovis Indiana and Inside Indiana Business. And you can keep up to date with everything happening at Agrinovis by following them on Twitter and Instagram at agrinovisin. Also finding uh, Agrinovis on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. And don't forget to leave us uh, that five-star review on Apple Podcasts so we can uh, share ag bioscience uh, stories like this one with more and more people. Thanks for joining us this week. I'm Gary Dick. We'll see you next time. This podcast is a product of Inside Indiana Business, hosted by Gary Dick produced by Libby Fritz and Joe Ullery and was recorded on location at Launch Fishers. More people get Indiana Business news from inside Indiana Business than any other source.